From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Rob Nice, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Rob Nice. It is the weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report. It starts now. It's Labor Day weekend, as a matter of fact. How's everybody doing out there listening on Pelicans.com, NewOrleansSaints.com, or the podcast, if you got your mobile device with you right there. Thank you for listening. Rob Nice here with you to wrap up the preseason opening day is happening next Sunday. The New Orleans Saints will face the Atlanta Falcons at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It's the Falcons and the Saints. The big rivalry continues. It's an NFC South matchup. We cannot wait. And for Labor Day weekend, you know what it is. For ladies, it's the last weekend you can wear white. For fellas, it's time for football. It kicked off yesterday. Congratulations to Tulane. They came out the gate with a victory. Uh, they defeated Jackson State. Uh, Joe Montana's son, he, he looked pretty good in there. Yeah, he had a shaky first start to his, uh, his, his debut with the Tulane Green Wave, but finished off strong, and they were able to finish off Jackson State. And I'm finally glad to talk about football and basketball 24-7. You know, this past week we talked more about Miley Cyrus and, and Johnny Football than we have about anything else, but no longer. The conversation shifts to football, and in a couple weeks, it shifts to the preseason for the New Orleans Pelicans. The players have been here at the airline drive facility working out, and the, the, the basketball players, they have been running up and down the football field. They're getting their energy and their conditioning up. they playing pickup games. They are ready for basketball as well as football. Lots of stuff to talk about in today's show, and we have some very special guests. We're going to talk to Scott Robillet. He is from the Advocate in Baton Rouge to preview the LSU TCU matchup. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, LSU football is kicking off as well tomorrow. And we're going to hear from, I want to call him a broadcaster now, but he's more than that. He's a Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints. He is a pro bowler with the New Orleans Saints and a member of the team from 2003 to 2010. We'll hear from John Stinchcomb. And, of course, I got to hear from my main man, my sidekick. Whether he's on the phone or in the studio, I got to talk to him, my man John DeShazer, senior writer for the New Orleans Saints, to talk about narrowing down the number to the 53-man roster that will be in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome for opening day against the Atlanta Falcons. Tough day for coaches and GMs. Today we see a lot of coaches and the GMs around the NFL facilities. They are in the, uh, what we would say, war room for draft days, but they are narrowing down that roster. Sean Payton, he had some thoughts about the game last night. There were some good things tonight. I thought overall, though, the penalties, the penalties and the turnovers um, you know, really hurt us. Penalties in the first half, we had 10. And the three fumbles, you know, those are, uh, you know, big plays that, that we've just got to be better with the football. I thought a lot, of, a lot of guys gave good effort, though. This will be an interesting tape to watch. And there you have it. So don't go anywhere. It's the Labor Day edition of the Black and Blue Report. We'll hear from Scott Rabelais from The Advocate up next. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, 
Get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner? which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor, or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is, yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician to find one near you visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER that's o-c-h-s-n-e-r auctioner health care with peace of mind hey new orleans saints fans show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold saints scratch off from the lottery win up to one hundred thousand dollars play all three scenes you have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. And we are back with the Black and Blue Report. It is Labor Day weekend, one final big weekend before NFL kicks off regular season. The Saints and Atlanta Falcons also, this is the last big weekend, but before we are downhill and headed full speed ahead to NBA action, the players are in town. They are wrapping up their voluntary workouts before they have one final uh, holiday with the family. They are serious and they are getting ready and, and something else that everybody's getting ready for. LSU football. They take on TCU. That will be happening tomorrow in Dallas. Big time game. And to talk more about it, we have Scott Rabelais from The Advocate in Baton Rouge. How you doing, Scott? How are you? Good to be with you. Very good. I know everybody in Baton Rouge as well as New Orleans, they are getting ready for LSU football. Exciting matchup against TCU. They, uh, the fans are excited to see another year with Les Miles and Zach Mettenberger. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this matchup? Well, it's uh, there's a lot of question marks, you know, on, on both sides. You know, LSU has uh, has got a new offensive coordinator in Cam Cameron, formerly with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he and Les Miles are, uh, have a, a long history, going back to the days as assistant coaches at Michigan. And then you have um, on defense, they're replacing seven starters. You know, LSU lost 11 guys who left early to the uh, NFL draft. And then TCU, you know, they're coming off of a pretty rock, kind of a rocky first season in the Big 12 last year. They were seven and six. But they, they uh, they're they're probably I say probably most likely going to be without uh, their All American defensive end Devontae Fields. He's suspended, and of course that, that also brings up uh, Jeremy Hill, the LSU running back. Is he going to be suspended for this game or not? Miles hinted at that, but hasn't said it. Uh, I suspect that he will, but uh, you know that's going to be kind of a more of a game time reveal than, than anything we know for sure right now. Now, a lot of circles and question marks around Zach Mettenberger, and that's just LSU in Baton Rouge when it comes to LSU football. Uh, how has he evolved, and how comfortable do you think he's going to be inside of a new offensive uh, coordinator in, in a new system? Well, uh, Zach and that very subject is kind of the subject of my, my column uh, 
for uh, in Saturday's advocate. Uh, I, I think he's more comfortable than he was a year ago. He's had a year under his belt as a starter. He's been at LSU going on his third year now. And he's been with, with Cameron uh, since Cam arrived back in uh, January. And I think it's been a, a good marriage. I mean, I think Zach has seen that he's worked with a lot of really great quarterbacks over the years, like Drew Brees back in San Diego and Joe Flacco and, and a lot of others. And he's uh, he's taken to, to that, that teaching. He's also more comfortable with being the leader of this team. You know, he feels like he's, not, he's put in enough time and enough work that he can get these guys to, to lead, uh, to follow him. And, and everybody wants to be led in some way or another. And I think that's, that's something that maybe was an ingredient that wasn't there as part of his game and his demeanor last year. He just seems more comfortable in role. And I think he can have a very good season for LSU. I really do. Now, the two-minute offense is something that a lot of fans are, are, are going to be looking at as well, in, in particular during halftime and, and, and the crunch situations in the fourth quarter. Who's going to be in charge of making those calls? Will it be Les Miles or will it be uh, will it be Cam? Well, you know, that, that's that's the big question. That's probably, the, you know, aside from Jeremy Hill, that's the biggest question going as we're looking at the whole season. Uh, you know, Les, Les has talked a lot about in this offseason, not just the, the two minutes of the, of the games, but the final four minutes. LSU, if they could have gotten one more first down or one more stop against Alabama or Clemson in the Chick-fil-A Bowl, they, they probably would have won those games. And so they, they focused a lot in the offseason of, of really finishing out games in the last four minutes. But as far as making the calls, you know, I think a lot of people have said, you know, Les has been, you know, maybe tinkered too much with the offense over the years. Of course, he's the head coach. He can tinker if he wants to. But I think it's a different trust factor with Les that he's never had with any other offensive coordinator at LSU, not Jimbo Fisher, not Gary Croton, certainly not with Greg Sadrawa, who's back to being the offensive line coach. I think I think Cam is, because of their personal relationship, is a guy who can say, Les, this is the call we need to make. This is the right call for this decision, and that Les will go with it. So that's what I think anyway. Of course, we have to see how that actually plays out in these situations because it's going to happen at some point. There's going to be some critical calls that have to be made and who's going to make them. I, I think it's going to be Cam, but we'll, we'll see how that looks. We shall see pretty soon against TCU, and, and hopefully they won't be in that situation to where they have to uh, uh, stage a, a late-game comeback during the first game of the season. But you never know. It is college football. Now, what type of system do you, would you would – you, uh, I I hate to use this example because you don't want to say the name, but Alabama they have the 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 running backs. They they run and run and run, and when they finally hit you with the play action, they have great receivers uh, that that can go down the field and catch the ball. But they have a running system. How would you describe the system that LSU will have on the offensive side? Is it will they be known for for running more? Will they be known for spreading the ball around? Will it be the quarterback's offense, uh, or will they spread it all around and keep everybody guessing? Well, that that's. The, the last thing you said is, is, is the key is that LSU has been has been you know frankly known for being fairly predictable. It's not like you know it's not like knowing what they're going to do offensively in certain situations. Is can you stop it? And uh, sometimes teams can, and sometimes they can't. I think that they're they're wanting to be more unpredictable this year. That means on the especially on the neutral downs, first and tens, you know the the third and fours, the the second and fives, you know, are they going to pass? Are they going to run? You know, that, that you're not going to know as much. They can do more things, we are told, out of uh, similar, uh, you know, certain formations. They're going to have more plays at their disposal. I think they're going to go more vertical in the passing game to players like Odell Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry. And I think they're going to use the short uh, passing game like the running game in a lot of cases as well. So I think we're going to see more passing from LSU. LSU is not going to become uh, a pass-happy, uh, you know, 
team that's you know, throws the ball 50 times a game. I don't think we're going to see that at all. But you're going to see a lot of different things. You're still going to see the power running game. You're going to see more of a vertical passing game, more short passes to the backs and tight ends. And, and you know, a little um, – it's even going to mix in a little no huddle, you know, a little hurry-up offense. And uh, some of the, the spread option, you guys look for a package. Don't know if we're going to see it definitely in this first game, but I think as the season goes on from uh, freshman quarterback Anthony Jennings, who gives him that dimension of a run-pass threat that Zach doesn't give you because he's more of a pocket passer. Oh, we look forward to this game. LSU and TCU kicking off the season for the Tigers, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans. Everybody's excited to see that purple and gold right there on the field. Scott Rabelais, you can find him on Twitter at Rabelais ADV for the advocate. Once again, it's at Rabelais ADV, and I'll spell it. It's at R-A-B-A-L-A-I-S-A-D-V. Thanks a lot, Scott, for tuning in to the Black and Blue Report. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. And welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's the weekend edition. Rob Knight's here with you in the studio. And coming up, we'll talk with John DeShazer. We'll have his thoughts on finalizing the 53-man roster. We have an SEC guy on the line, but more importantly, a, a former Saint. And now uh, one of the guys that we, we can call up and, and, and see what he's doing in the broadcast booth now. We have John Stitch come on the line. Thanks for calling in, John. Oh, you got it. Thanks for having me on. Now, as an SEC guy, wh- what are you foreseeing with, with LSU and TCU? Well, I'm SEC all the way, so I think it's a LSU's game, and I also think it's the Bulldogs' game when they make their way over to Clemson tomorrow night. Okay, well, here's the bigger question. What do you think when you see LSU play Georgia? Well, now, I played for Georgia, so that's an easy answer for me. <laughs> uh, having lived in Louisiana 10 years, 
I became a fan of the state and the and the folks down there, and I'm sure there was a lot of carryover between the fans of the New Orleans Saints and and the Tigers. So I don't mind rooting for LSU, but it doesn't come close when they're when they're playing Georgia. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, John Sinchkin was a member of the New Orleans Saints 2003 to 2010, a member of the, the Pro Bowl team in 09, the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, and you you now, you can add broadcast to the resume, a, a, a full-time, <laughs> just regular broadcaster. First of all, how did it feel to put on those suits for these four weeks during the preseason? Oh, it was, it was different. You know what? I ended up, I really enjoyed it. It was fun to get up there and, and be in the booth with Tim Brando and just talk football, especially Saints football, and uh, I was able to watch some of the guys that I played with and uh, have a new take on the game. So it was fun to be up there, and uh, it was it was a great experience for me. Now, with any any former player that that steps into the broadcast booth for the first time, and and you really get a great view. If if anybody out there listening, if you've never had a sense of what it's like to stand in a broadcast booth, it's like looking at film because you're up there and you're seeing the plays develop. Did you see uh, some of the assignments from the offensive linemen and the guards, and were you seeing some of the plays and and kind of being more of a coach at certain points than a broadcaster? Yes. There's no question, and I, I catch myself watching the game uh, like I used to as a player and breaking down, uh, really focusing just on, on the defensive line and linebackers and uh, different techniques and steps. And uh, when you're up in the broadcast booth, you're trying to catch much more of the game than just what I would focus on as, as a right tackle. So it was it was a new perspective for me, and uh a good one, kind of eye-opening to see the big picture on both sides of the ball. Now, last night, I, I didn't have any expectations with the game in terms of the, the score, or I wasn't. Uh, I was more excited to, to look at the guys that were fighting for a roster spot. But in the end, we, we uh, didn't come away with the victory, and it was a 24-21 loss. Uh, but the, the, the guys in the locker room from the days that you played, was it a big deal to either uh, go undefeated during the preseason or to have as many wins during the preseason as opposed to uh, losing every game. Uh, we, we had the undefeated uh, number on the line. A lot of superstitious people w- were rooting against that number, and we went 3-1 and one <laughs> going into opening week. But is that something that the players would focus on? Well, you know, as a player, anytime you compete, you want to win. And it's no different in the preseason. It doesn't matter whether uh, it's it's – we're playing tiddlywinks in the locker room, which we never did, by the way. But <laughs> if you were to, uh, you want to win. I mean, you got some competitive guys in those rooms. So it does it, does it, you know, it's like the old Joe Vitt saying. You, you got him in every preseason game saying the game may not count, but it matters. And the, everybody out there yesterday was fighting to keep a dream alive. And uh, today is one of the worst days in football. Whether you make the team or not, you're having to say goodbye to people that you worked alongside for six weeks, and you know that they're laying it all on the line, and for whatever reason, uh, their dream, at least as a New Orleans Saint, is coming to an end. And you're hopeful they get picked up by someone else, but uh, it's, it's a brutal day all the way around to, to see folks uh, be released and be one step further from having a dream come true 
it, it definitely is a tough job uh, today for the coaches, for the scouts, for the GMs to decide who makes that 53-man roster and, and who sticks around and, and uh, stays around to, to participate in the practice squad. What do you think for the New Orleans Saints would be the toughest position to narrow down and, and to put uh, a guy here and not take a guy there? What would you say would be the toughest position to, to gauge to uh, narrow down that roster? Well, if you're the, the GM and head coach, I, I think uh, the best problem that they have is trying to figure out who and how many to keep at the wide receiver spot. Uh, there's, there's a lot of capable bodies that can help your, that can help your team. So I'm sure they're trying to figure out the best way to hold on to some of the playmakers and, and reliable folks that have proven worthy of, of a roster spot and, uh, I think you can throw Michael Higgins in the mix, too, there uh, as, as a tight end who's shown that he's capable. He's just behind uh, Jimmy Graham and, and Ben Watson. So that's the offensive side of the ball to me. And then you look at uh, the linebackers. You have so many uh, young guys, a mix of some veteran players and Jay Richardson uh, and Baraka Atkins and uh, some, some young folks that, had more of an opportunity yesterday to show what they can bring to the team. So uh, if you look at two position groups that stick out, it's, it's wide receiver and, and the linebacker core. And the, the, the roster will be announced at some point, if not today, later on this weekend, as the guys finalize that, that 53-man roster. And, and I would just say, thank goodness that I'm in the radio studio right now and you're on the phone <laughs> and, and not in that room looking at film and, and looking at names and numbers. Now, Opening day, you're kicking off against the Atlanta Falcons. As a player, how uh, just excited, how nervous, and just do you lose sleep over, for one, playing the Atlanta Falcons? Anytime you play them at home, uh, the family and friends are calling, they're coming in town. And two, are you just nervous and excited and anticipating just the games that really count when it comes to a record and and getting into the playoffs? Well, I don't think you're losing much sleep over it, but – you, you've you circled this day one because it's opening game, but a divisional opponent as uh, as stout as the Atlanta Falcons, that's an exciting matchup. And uh, as a player, you just really get amped up and, and ready to go, and you'll realize very quick that the speed of the game is uh, about to make a, a big leap forward when you go from preseason, not only to regular season, but right into – uh, a divisional opponent that you battle with annually to be the top dog. So uh, it, it's it's exciting, uh, and this has really been what they've been gearing up for this entire preseason. This is what it's all about. They kick off next weekend against the Atlanta Falcons, the the uh, NFC South, just division rivalry and just a rivalry period. It doesn't matter if the teams face off in week 16 and, and both teams right. are 0-15. Uh, it, it, it will be a, a packed Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Now, John, we're going to let you go, but your thoughts on the preseason and what have you seen uh, throughout the preseason and throughout broadcasting these games uh, to evaluate what kind of a season you think the Saints will have? Well, it's a welcome return of Coach Payton. I don't think you can underestimate the value of having uh, your head coach back in in a role that was dippied up and and tried to be filled last year. It's almost forgotten at this point, but, man, that makes such a big difference to have your leader uh, back at the helm. And 
uh, on the offensive side of the ball, just his presence. I mean, he he works hand in hand in coordinating uh, the game plan and then implementing the the plays on Sunday. So that's a big addition. And I think on the defense, just the the marked improvement over last year. Uh, you you want to forget uh, the the record setting year they had. Uh, in 2012 as, as quickly as possible, and I think with the addition of Rob Ryan and some of the other key pieces, along with it seems like they're playing with a much higher energy. Uh, you might not look at the roster, no matter who makes it today, and say there, there's a lot of world beaters, but uh, you had to be excited about the way they were playing together uh, and the emergence of some of the D linemen, in my mind, with Cam Jordan, a, a known commodity now who's who's identifying himself as one of the elite at the position and then some young guys with you know what can Glenn Foster do this year how about uh, the development of Akeem Hicks who's a talent from last year that we know but really still has so much potential to to be a, a, a much more significant role player in this defense so it was a great preseason all the way around and I think for the Saints fans they should be uh, chomping at the bit in excitement of what this season could hold for the for the New Orleans Saints. John Stinchcomb, New Orleans Saint, Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowler, and now big time broadcaster. Man, we got to go soup shopping one day. You down? <laughs> oh, sounds good. <laughs> All right, enjoy your Labor Day weekend, and thanks for calling in to the Black and Blue Report. Coming up, we'll hear from John DeShazer, senior writer at the New Orleans Saints, as we get you ready. It's Friday. It's the weekend. More on the way. Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. The second annual Saints Back to Football Run presented by Chevron will be held on Saturday, August 31st. The 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint Sations, will be on hand to cheer on participants. And a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt, a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bag. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. 
And we are back to wrap up the Black and Blue Report. I hope everybody has a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy your Monday off and get all the barbecues, all the picnics, all the wearing white that you can. Get it out of your system. And, and fellas, just take whatever the ladies want to give you because you know what? You, you're going to have to sit there and watch the TV. And she's going to have to sit and watch for the next few months or so. And, and hopefully they'll be watching some great Saints football. We have John DeShazer on the line. J.D., I, I I feel weird for calling you that because that, that, that's like a big hip-hop guy's name, J.D., but you, you're in the same category as him, so I'll just call you J.D. What's going on, man? Well, you, you act like I ain't fly or something or whatever the word is for being, you know, smooth nowadays. I don't know what it is, so you know, I guess I'm not. If you don't know the word, I guess you can be, right? Well, the other J.D., he discovered Bow Wow and Escape and, and, and work with Criss Cross. He discovered those guys and Mariah Carey, work with, with, with her. Uh, you go ahead down your list. Well, I, I work with crossword puzzles, and you know I've done a little uh, cross stitching, but uh, and you know those things are kind of famous, huh? You know what? That's close enough. Now JD <laughs> has just returned from Miami, and you got a chance to watch the final preseason game uh, of the season to get ready for opening day against the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think that's going through the coaches and the GMs' minds right now? Well, I mean, right now they're probably finalizing cuts. They, you know, wanted to look at the film. Coach Payton said it would be pretty interesting film to watch. So, I mean, you know, they saw their share of mistakes out there on the field last night, but they also saw some good things too. Um, particularly, I, I would assume that they would like some of the defensive performance that they saw. The defense made some mistakes in terms of committing some penalties, but they, you know, every time they got the back shoved up against the wall, they were either able to force a turnover or able to force you know, a field goal. So, you know, those things had to be pleading. But, you know, the middle mistakes, the jumping offside and the neutral zone infractions, those are the things that will aggravate a coaching staff to death. I asked John Sinscombe this question. Uh, what do you think is the toughest position to evaluate to finalize a roster? Well, I mean, I think it's probably going to be, you know, maybe it's going to be the, the, the backup lineman position. I mean, because, you know, for the most part, the starters are pretty much, you know, settled in. And, and, and those guys, you know, are, are, are already kind of in stone. But, you know, and I don't know how Finch feels. You know, he was a, a standout offensive lineman, a former Pro Bowler. But, you know, I would think in terms of evaluation, you know, the the lineman might be the most difficult. And, and, and a guy who I think really, you know, upped his stock the last couple of weeks would be the uh, the free agent rookie Tim Lolito, who started at center last night, played some offensive guard, and really has shown the ability to be versatile as well as just to be an asset on the team. Now, opening day is happening next Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the Atlanta Falcons. For the fans who are listening, and more so for myself, uh, what type of team are we putting on the field next Sunday? I think, I think um, you know, we know what the Saints are. The Saints are going to be a strong offensive team. We know that. The Saints are going to be a team, uh, be a team that's transitioning somewhat defensively, uh, trying to get back to that 2009 ball-hawking, uh, turnover-producing unit that they were. So, I think that's exactly what they're going to be, or at least hope to be. We know the offense is going to score. I mean, as long as number nine, Drew Brees, is playing, the offense will put points on the board more than likely. So that pretty much has kind of taken care of itself. You want the running game to be a little bit better than it was last year, but more than anything, you want the running game to be efficient. Doesn't have to, you don't have to run it 35, 40 times a game. You just have to be efficient and productive when you do run it and hopefully average you know, 4.2, 4.3, 4.4 yards per carry. But defensively is where this team is going to, you know, we have to find out exactly what they are. They are transitioning to that new defense. So, you know, there still is some, some, some acclimation that's going on. But 
that's the unit that's going to have to pretty much carry its share because, again, we know what the offense can do. The defense is what's unknown. One of the quietest elements during the preseason was in the backfield at the running back position. But Mark Ingram, he had some success yesterday, and it was mostly against the number twos and threes from the Miami Dolphins defense. But Kyrie Robinson, he also uh, showed what he can do and why he should make this roster. Uh, do you see any any personnel changes or, or anything that, that, that would uh, warrant switching up the packages or going with a different type of personnel in the backfield? Well, I mean, if, if, if there's going to be a shift, it's going to be Kyrie Robinson and, and Traveris Cadet, who did not play last night, did, did not make the trip to Miami. Um, you know, he and Cadet were kind of locked into a battle anyway, and uh, and really Robinson got the last say in it because Cadet wasn't there. So you would think he was extremely productive. Now, he did fumble, fumble a couple of times, and unfortunately one of those was in the end zone. Lolito recovered for him for a Saints touchdown, but he fumbled another one out on the field. And Miami recovered. Those things never help. They never really look good on film or anywhere else. But, you know, Cadet was not there. And Cadet had a couple of fumbles. So, you know, now it's, you know, almost, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. Which one do you like the most? And uh, certainly Robinson held his own. He led the team in rushing this preseason. He ran for more than 100 yards against the Dolphins last night. So, you know, he's a guy who put together some pretty, pretty nice, impressive film this preseason. All right, well, John DeShazer, we thank you for calling in to the Black and Blue Report. That's going to do it for the Labor Day edition tomorrow. Be sure to check out the best of with your host. I just call him Diesel. Daniel Salison will be in the studio for that. We will be off on Monday, and when we come back Tuesday, we're going to be talking regular season football. The Saints and Falcons, the big NFC South rivalry continues, and it will be happening at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome next Sunday, 12 noon for kickoff. I was your host, Rob Nice, for today. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Rob Nice Inc. Rob Nice was already taken, so I just added the INC. And JD, give him your Twitter handle. Uh, just hit me up at that John DeShays. You follow me. You know, you might not like what you see all the time, but you'll like it enough. Fair enough, so be sure to find him on Twitter. Thank you for listening, whether it's on Pelicans.com, NewOrleansSaints.com, or if you downloaded the podcast. Have a great, safe, and fun Labor Day weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. 
tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri.